Hey everybody, this is Sensei Anthony coming to you with another episode of the Karate Chronicles. I'm rolling and recording on this here Monday, July the 27th. Hope you're staying sane, safe, and sanitary. And what I wanted to speak about today was just, I would like people to really question what they hear. Let me give you what I mean, an example. I have heard, as I'm sure many of you have, have heard that a monk named Badharma came from India to China, saw the diminished physical conditioning and condition of the monks that were there, unable to perform their, their prayers and medicate in their meditation properly. And what he taught them, the 18 hands of the enlightened man became the basis of what we now know as Kung Fu. Now, that's a nice story, but do any of us really believe that no martial arts, no formalized, no systematic martial art existed in a place as old as China before he got there? Yeah, that's good mythology, but I wouldn't bet a plug nickel on it. Uh, do you really think, for example, that the martial arts in India... Kalari uh, Payatu, the indigenous wrestling and all of that weren't influenced by the Africans, the, Sumer- the Sumerians, the Babylonians, the Mastodon, all this kind of stuff. Actually, mostly just the Africans because there are drawings of building on buildings in ancient Africa in their texts about boxing, wrestling, and grappling. Okay? So the idea that Greco-Roman wrestling was the root of what we now know as the folk wrestling styles and stuff like that. It's just not plausible. Let me hit you with my all-time favorite. The story that the Gracie family loves to tell is that their grandmaster, the progenitor of Gracie Jiu-Jitsu, Carlos, was late to teach the son of a banker. He arrives late, apologizes profusely, and says... I'm so sorry for being late. The banker says, don't worry, your brother Elio taught me, and from now on, I'd like him to teach me. They were talking about how this jujitsu that came before the Gracies required too much strength, about how Elio was weak, how he couldn't even do a pull-up, all this stuff. And based on the fact that he sat and watched he was able to make the modifications necessary that didn't require strength, just leverage. Are you trying to tell me that all I have to do to be skilled in jiu-jitsu is watch, and then I can apply the methods effectively against a resisting opponent? Come on, people. Don't drink the Gracie Kool-Aid. Don't drink the Gracie Kool-Aid. And I know a lot of people think that I pick on the Gracies a lot. The fact of the matter is I know a few of them. But sometimes, um, as the saying goes, if you tell a lie enough, it becomes the truth. I just want people to question what you've, quote unquote, always heard or what you've always known. Because there's a huge portion of this stuff that's just not accurate. It's not honest. And it does the martial arts a disservice. Um, For example, on the East Coast... There were a lot of black martial artists who made significant 
significant contributions to the development of the martial arts there in the 50s, 60s, and forward. But you hardly ever hear their name. Maybe Moses Powell, maybe Gary Tierney, maybe. But to pretend that they don't exist is to discredit people that developed quite a bit of what we all know as common practices, right? Um, on the West Coast, um, I'd love to say this because it's true. My father, my uncle, Steve Anderson, Steve Muhammad, formerly Steve Sanders, Donnie Wilson, they made significant contributions into the way tournament fighting was done and just fighting in general. I've heard from quite a few people that when Mike Stone and Chuck Sullivan and Ed Parker and all these guys were at their most popular, uh, Chuck Norris, what they did was very robotic. It looked like rock'em, sock'em robots. They stood in front of each other and they wailed on each other in these very linear, very stiff um, displays of, I don't even know what you'd call it. Well, I'll just say that they fought very stiff. Then all of a sudden, when the BKF came along and the Urquideses, or Benedict Urquides, and the Pachecos and the Twin Dragons Dojo and a whole host of other martial artists came along, now all of a sudden you see the West Coast Rush. Sometimes we call it the California Blitz or um, the cross step or stepping up on a 45 degree angle. All these things became popular after the fact. But if you listen to the common folklore, the common stories, you hear that Bill Wallace and a lot of these guys developed these techniques and they didn't. And it's not to take anything away from them. My father spoke pretty highly of Joe Lewis. Um, but when you see things like Bruce Lee doing the inch punch demonstration, there's a whole story behind that. There's a whole story about him saying that he would not that he'd be able to strike a person before they could react. There's a whole lot of stories behind that. And I'm not saying this to denigrate people that were pioneers because they were still pioneers. But I don't want people to hear the most common stories and assume that because everybody tells them that it was the truth, you know? Uh, one of the common things that people like to say is for thousands of years, people thought the earth was flat. So... Um... I'm just basically saying that I think as a martial artist, you're doing yourself a disservice if you don't consider that a lot of the things that are commonly told aren't necessarily true. I think you're doing yourself a disservice if you are taking the words of quote-unquote everyone else as gospel, as granted, as if there's no way that stories could be distorted or anything. I'd really like you all to do your own research about that. Because there's value in it. Don't believe it just because it was told to you. Do some research, you know? Because as much as people like to talk about karate coming from Okinawa, that part is true. But Masoyama, the God Hand, as they called him, the founder of Kyokushin Karate, said himself that karate was developed in Africa. And... For a Japanese, well, a Japanese national, a born Korean, 
That is a tremendous statement because of the fierce nationalism at the time. So look into it, people. Look at how the art that they knock, that they mispronounce now is capoeira. Look at its roots in Africa. Look at its roots in, in um, well, not just, well, in Africa mainly. But look and see how capoeira influenced Pensacalat, Bando, Mueborano. Um, all of these things, because there's value in it. It makes you a better person for having opened your mind, and it makes you a better martial artist for being more knowledgeable. So, that's all I'm going to say for now, people. I'm not going to get all in your ears about it. Again, I hope you're staying sane, safe, and sanitary. Check me out at martialartsoakland.com. If you're in the Bay Area, in the East Bay, come on down for two weeks of free training. I'd like to have you. But by far the most important thing is please be kind to yourselves and each other.